And some of you who were here um, two Sundays ago, we got to share our laments with each other. And we, we put them on the cross. And we went into that week praying for and lifting up not only our own laments, but the laments of our community. It is right for us to lament in the gaps. In these spaces between you and I experience the brokenness of the world. That's what it means to be the church. That's what it means to be the people of God. We are in the world, not of the world, but in the world, experiencing the darkness and the brokenness. And we, enlivened and empowered by the Holy Spirit, are able to lament because we know that God is here with us. And there are some who don't know that God is here with us, and so they are hopeless. Our lament points us to the fact and reminds us that we are not without a hope. That there is someone who sees what we are experiencing. There is someone who has a perfect plan for it. That plan will come to fruition, and you and I on this side of glory get to participate in that plan. It is right and it is good for us to lament in the gaps. And last week, Pastor David challenged us to see the gaps not only as evidence of God's, you know, not as God's evidence of God's delay, because that's not what it is, but as of God's patience. And because God is patient with us, in the gaps there is space for repentance and space for petition. In the gaps, we learn to pray. We learn that we can turn to a God who will in turn give us the desires of our hearts. And I don't mean just throw stuff on us like Santa Claus because he's a genie. No, he will in fact shape the very desires of our hearts. In the gaps, we also come face to face with ourselves. And we find a patient and loving God who sees us exactly as we are, loves us exactly as we are, and calls us higher. And so in the gaps, we repent. And in the gaps, we cry out to our Lord. It is right and it is good for us to do so. Yes, in the gaps, there is lament, there's repentance, there's petition. But there is also praise. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And in fact, perhaps a better way to say this is that because there is lament and repentance and petition in the gaps, there is praise. To talk about praise, we have to first understand what praise is. So the best definition of praise that I have found is that praise is the joyful recounting of what God has done for us. Praise is the acknowledgement of all the wonderful, righteous deeds of God. So often in church, we talk about praise and worship. And sometimes it's tricky to know, well, what's the difference between praise and what's the difference between worship? So this is, this is the way that I distinguish these two things. Worship is ascribing worth to God. When we worship God, we are centering God. We are saying that you are worthy of all that I have, that all that I am, and so I wanna focus on you. Worship can look a lot of ways, right? We call the songs that we sing on Sunday morning worship, right? Well, we'll say praise and worship. And usually if it's fast, it's praise. If it's slow, it's worship. (laughs) But the whole of what we are doing right now is worship. You woke up this morning, 
You could have done a whole lot of things, but you got dressed and you came here because you wanted to be in the house of the Lord. Because with your time, with your talents, with your whole self, you said God is worthy of me showing up in this space. I am worshiping God. When you spend your money in ways that glorify the Lord, you are worshiping God. When you say, you know what, what I really want, I'm going to go ahead and put myself out there. What I want is to buy this new fountain pen. But what I know is needed is there's some people, there's some kids who need Christmas presents. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to do what I know the Lord is calling me. That's worship, right? I am saying that God matters more than any other thing. I am worshiping God. So worship can look all kinds of ways. It can be quiet. It can be in silence in your own heart. It can be out. Worship looks all kinds of ways. I'm going to submit to you that praise is a little bit different. So let's bring it back to our church services. When we worship God, we worship in many ways. Some of us stand. Some of us shout. Some of us are quiet. And that's great. And that's good. I'm going to say to you today that praise cannot be quiet. You, don't, you cannot praise God in the quietness and the stillness of your heart. That's something else. That, do that. Do that. You should think on the goodness of God. That's what we see in this passage. Always be thinking of the goodness of God. That is not praise, though. That's something you're doing on the inside. Praise is out loud. <laughs> praise requires you to open up your mouth and recount the goodness of God. To say what God has done. To name those things. Because praise is not just for you. Praise is for the people who hear your praise. Praise encourages somebody else that God is good. Oh, I see her. I know what she's going through, and yet I hear her praise. Praise encourages us through each other. You have to open up your mouth and do that thing. This morning in our passage, Paul tells the believers to rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances, and to hold on to what is good. Now, I just told you that praise is something you have to do out loud with your mouth, right? It could be hard, right, <laughs> to do this. If we don't understand what praise is, the idea that I'm going to walk around all the time just rejoicing, I'm going to walk around all the time reciting the goodness of God, I'm going to walk around all the it, either Paul is very idealistic or there's something deeper for us to grasp here. Sometimes you and I mistakenly believe that praise means I am happy. Because it's easy to pray. If I was happy all the time, Paul's words would make sense. Yes. I, if y'all know me, <laughs> you have experienced me be happy in ways that are... I don't know how to be quietly happy. <laughs> like, when I am happy, you know I am happy. If I think something is exciting, you know that I think that thing is exciting, right? If I was happy all the time, and that's what Paul's words were, I, we could all walk around all day long just praising, but that's not, praise is not happiness. And praise doesn't require you to be happy. And in fact, I dare say that some of the most powerful praise is when we are not happy. Because praise is reminding us that in those dark moments, God is there. Praise is how we remind ourselves that I'm going through right now, but I'm going to recount the things God did the last time I went through. Praise is I am suffering right now. It is hard. It is challenging. But I know that God is good because he said he's good. I know that God is good because I've experienced him be good. I know that God is good because I saw him be good for you. Praise is reminding ourselves and other folk that God is God and that God will do what God has said he will do 
And we know that because God has done what he said he would do. And so when we understand that, we can praise always. We can rejoice in the Lord always because I'm not happy always, but always I rejoice in the one who is always good. I'm not happy always, but I rejoice in the one who is my salvation. I'm not happy always, but I rejoice in the one who is my provision. I rejoice. I rejoice because I am not one without hope. And so I praise. And here's the wonderful thing that I am experiencing in life the older I get. You know how science catches up with what we know to be true. So all in, um, you know, the the literature on um, wellness and wholeness and therapy, there's all this stuff that's talking about embodiment. It's important to not just, you know, people are now thinking, yes, talk therapy is good, but sometimes you need to move. You need to do something. You need to embody that thing. When you are going through and you open up your mouth and you praise, something happens to you. Something happens to you. Something shifts in you. It does not mean that the situation ended, but you will have a different perspective on the other side of it. See, praise looks like King David, who was being pursued by enemies and who narrowly escaped death, declaring, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be on my lips. Why? Because I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. It looks like Mary, after being told that she would be put in a circumstance that apart from God would have had devastating consequences for her life, exclaiming, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Why? Because he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. It looks like Job, having lost everything, surrounded by friends, accusing him of being the cause of his own suffering, declaring that though God slay me, yet will I hope in him. That's what praise is. It requires you to open up your mouth and remind yourself of the goodness of God. That you, in fact, have tasted and experienced and seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. So there are two quotes by Howard Thurman from his book, Meditations of the Heart, that came to my mind as I was preparing this sermon. So he writes, there must always be remaining in every life some place for the singing of angels, some place for that which is in itself breathless and beautiful. Whatever may be the tensions and the stresses of a particular day, there is always lurking close at hand the trailing beauty of forgotten joy or unremembered peace. Praise is making sure we get to that place. Because the world, the brokenness, the darkness, our enemy will try to convince you that in this world you are alone, that in this world you are forsaken. And if we don't practice opening our mouths and speaking out loud the antidote to that lie, which is that we serve a God who promised to never forsake us, that we serve a God who said that in all things I am working for your good, that we serve a God who said, oh, lo, I am with you even to the ends of the age. If we don't practice opening up our mouths, and I mean that thing, hold on to opening up our mouths and declaring God's goodness, we will believe the lie. You might not believe it in your head, 
You'll walk around thinking, oh, no, 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 I have my faith. I know God is good. But in your heart, in your life, in the way that you move through this world, it will show that you have believed that lie. The way that you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, overcome the world is through our praise. By reminding ourselves that God is good. This is what praise in the gaps looks like. This is the way we are able to rejoice in the Lord always and to stand 10 toes down and declare that God's praise will continually remain on my mouth. Continually remain on my mouth. So I hope you held on to what I said when I said open up your mouth. Amen. You're going to have an opportunity today to open up your mouth. <laughs> so as you, if you've been coming over the course of these last few weeks, you have gotten to um, experience us practicing our lament, practicing petition. We've been doing these things together. And so this morning, we're going to practice praising together. Our church has been in the midst of an Advent fast. And if you are like me, and because I know that God is good, and because I know that God is faithful, I am confident that over the course of these weeks that you have been fasting, you have experienced God in some amazing ways. You have experienced God move in some stuff in your life. Over the course of these last few weeks, you may have experienced God reveal some junk in your heart that you didn't know was still there. That's also a reason to praise because we serve a God who will not let us live in deception. He's going to show us ourselves, right? So this morning, we're going to pass the mic around and you're going to have an opportunity to stand up and open up your mouth and say out loud, what has God done for you over the last few days, over the last few weeks? What has God, how has God shown up in your life and shown himself to be faithful? So I want to set a couple of... Um, guidelines for us. One, if you took nothing else away from this sermon, please know your praise does not have to be all things have been well and they are well with my soul right now. It is well with your soul because you saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit, but it may not be well with your circumstances. And it is completely appropriate, right, and good for you to praise God in the midst of it. So please don't feel like, well, I'm still working some things out. I feel like I'm in the middle of my stuff. I can't yet praise. It's in fact called a yet praise. So we're going to praise him in the midst of. The other thing I want to say to you, it doesn't have to be huge. Your praise does not have to be, I, I can't even think of anything. But look, I almost lost my voice, <laughs> and in an instant, the Lord healed. I mean, it could be that. That's my praise right now. Amen. But it could be something small. I praise God because, you know what? I haven't looked at the sky in a while, and this week I've noticed it. It can be the smallest thing because it's the biggest thing. We are praising God for what God has done for you. Amen? And we're going to take some time. I invite you to... Um, you know, we'll sit in silence for a little bit. If you need to think and you need to pray, and especially if you're somebody who, who is like me when I'm not preaching, and you might not want to be somebody who stands up and says something out loud, I want you to take a moment to just discern. Because if there's something God has done for you, say amen. amen. And know that it wasn't just for you. And so there's somebody in this room who might need to hear your praise. So I want you to discern whether or not today is the day that the Lord would have you to open up your mouth 
and share the specific ways you've seen God move. And if you are the opposite of me and you're someone who's like, I got lots to say and I'm ready to jump up and say, amen. I want you to take a moment to sit and discern, Lord, what exactly would you have me to say? Amen.